Welcome to worship at Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida on this Pentecost Sunday. Friends, the spirit of truth is guiding us still. During this time of preparation, as we listen to the prelude, you may want to access the bulletin on our website so that we can sing and pray together. And let us use this time to create a space, both within ourselves and in our physical space, to allow ourselves to fully give ourselves over to the worship of our living triune God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. The day of Pentecost has come and we are together. Will the works of God be known among us today? We live in the valley of dry bones. Around and within us is emptiness. God comes to us as a gentle breath or violent wind. Catch your breath, God's breath, and live. There are stirrings deep within that give us hope. There is a spirit linking us to one another. The fires of love dispel life's shadows. God's spirit comes to give us a new life. Surely God is in this place. May the glory of God be known among us today. Let us worship God.
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, writes the apostle. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. With this assurance, let us go to God with our corporate prayer of confession. O oh God, you who are always doing a new thing, we confess that we sometimes close windows against the fresh air of new ideas, against the noise of other people's worries, against the winds of change. God of every place and time, we confess that we often draw the curtains against people who are different, against world news or community concerns. Forgive us our insulation in our locked homes, our shuttered churches, the security systems on our hearts. Open our lives and let your spirit blow through. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor requite us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. that first Pentecost of the church, those of many tongues heard the good news in their own tongues. Listen now to the good news of our common creed in the tongues of many. Ich glaube an Gott, den Vater, den Allmächtigen. Tenchi no tsukurinoshi. Creo en Jesucristo, su único Hijo, nuestro Señor. Who was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Maria Selinkayun Pinad under Pontius Pilatus was crucified, dead, and buried. Yomini Kudari Disantien Taton Sili Fuhua Upstigen till Himmelen. Er sitzt zur rechten Seite des Gottes, des Allmächtigen Vaters. Desde allí a la venida buscar a los vivos y los muertos. Washansin Selin. Die Heiliges Samfund. Vergebung der Sünden. La Resurrección de la Carne. And the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Friends, we have confessed our sin and confessed our faith, and we have peace with God who forgives and who is steadfast. And now, in the spirit of Pentecost, we pass that peace on to those we know, friend and foe alike. The peace of Christ be with you. morning. So it has been seven months since we returned to worship and navigated the tricky waters of how to do that in a way that honored one another and took every precaution to keep one another safe. And it has been really touching to see all the ways that people have worked together to take care of and respect one another. Following the guidance offered by the CDC in their announcement on May 13th that it 
they believe it to be relatively safe for fully vaccinated people to gather unmasked both indoors and out. As of this Sunday at Church of the Palms, it is optional to wear a mask. This applies both to worship and other activities on our campus. For those of you who are not vaccinated, we still strongly encourage you to wear a mask because we care deeply about your health and well-being. Please continue, if you are worshiping with us here on person, in person, to enter through the main sanctuary doors to pick up your bulletins. Plans continue in this same spirit to make a joyful noise on June 13th when we will resume singing, which is fantastic. And we will also resume uh, hosting fellowship under our beautiful oak tree with coffee and tea and water to start. There is an opportunity to be vaccinated here on our campus. This Wednesday, May 26th, in the Campus Center from 10 to 1 p.m., 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., Walgreens is hosting a free walk-in clinic. It's open to everyone. So if you have not had the opportunity to be vaccinated, you could do so here on our campus this week. There is a new Connect available today and is chock full of great pictures, interesting articles, exciting plans for the summer months, and it is accessible in the footer on our, uh, on our homepage of our website and in print, both in the worship spaces and in the office. So hope you might pick up that new edition of the Connect magazine. Some specific upcoming events that I wanted to share with you include this Wednesday night, the 26th at 6 p.m., there is a free trivia night. So this is some healthy brain movement, some uh, friendly competition. I think that's promised that it's friendly competition and laughter. If you would like to join them for that, please RSVP to Susan Neisler by this Tuesday, May 25th. A week from today on the 30th, we're hosting uh, the Suncoast Blood Bank here on our campus. So Sunday, May 30th from 8.30 to 12.30, they are uh, bringing the blood mobile. And I know they're in really desperate need of many uh, kinds of blood. So if you're able to donate, then you will have the opportunity to do so here with us. Then on Friday, June 4th, the Palm Center is introducing a new Gentle Grace Yoga class. We've had Gentle Grace Yoga, but this class is beginning on Fridays, and it's at 11 a.m. beginning on June 4th, led by certified holy yoga instructor, Laura. And uh, you can find more information about that on our website. Finally, I'm pleased to share with you a brief video of a conversation Pastor Steve had this week with Rabbi Samantha Khan, who is from one of our sister congregations, Temple Sinai. As we're exploring the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, we were curious how it might be connected to the gift of shalom. And so we asked Rabbi Khan to share with us her understanding of shalom. Shalom at its at its core in modern Hebrew it means it means hello it means goodbye and it means peace and really peace is the essential word Shalom is also one of the many names for God uh, that we have every Hebrew word has a root and is therefore connected to different other words and the root for Shalom Shin Lamed Mem is really about um, wholeness and completeness. The different ways you play with these, these roots, um, they mean different things. And so we're told that shalom is a peace that is between two parties coming together, and shalem is a wholeness um, that has transcended separate identities. Um, and we ask for great peace and for small bits of peace, and it's, it's in our liturgy, it's all over. Um, are there different perspectives that people have or the traditions have on the meaning of shalom or how they delve into you know, unpacking that for themselves and for yes. the world? For example, the mystical traditions of Judaism talk a lot about different letters. The shin, uh, which is the first letter, is this three-part letter. It has three tops and our, our rabbis tell us that that represents the fact that every issue and every person and everything you'll ever encounter in your life has two extremes 
and it's your goal to find the middle and to find the balance. Then the Lamed is the only print letter, the next letter that goes up above the rest of the letters. It's supposed to teach us that if you have true peace, you can transcend physical limitation. And finally, the Mem, the final Mem, it looks a little like a square there. You can see it's almost like a fortified box. If you have inner peace, if you have sh true shalom, then you can withstand um, almost anything that can be thrown your way. I think so many think that peace is simply the absence of conflict. Right. And shalom is a very different reality, right? That's right. But my understanding is that the English word peace comes from a root word that means quiet, whereas in Judaism, shalom meaning completeness or wholeness. That's a very different understanding of peace. It's not just about the absence of conflict. It's about, it's about feeling um, fully, fully present, fully alive in your heart, mind, body, soul. You know, when we pray for healing for people, we pray for refuah shlema, this, this um, it's not just a peaceful healing, but a complete, complete healing. What better day than Pentecost to publicly receive new members into our church? These good folks have sat with Pastor Lori and learned about our life, faith, and mission here at Church of the Palms. As always, they come from different walks of life, but today they choose to join paths with us 
as we seek together to love God and love neighbor. So meet our new friends, Joe and Pam Hammeline, Lee and Carrie Layton, and Patricia Nairn. Welcome to our family here at Church of the Palms. Let us pray. Ever since the beginning of time, when the earth was without form and void, when all of existence was yet to be, it was your spirit, O God, who hovered over the deep. It was your spirit who brought life. It was your ardor that brought order. It was your spirit that banged the galaxies into being and is even now expanding our universe beyond what our little minds can imagine. Ever since the beginning of time, your spirit has been on the move, breathing life and light, reordering reality, pushing the envelope, and making all things new. You have created, and you are creating. You're just not done with us. You're just not done with the world. You're just not done birthing again a new kingdom. We bless you for the unpredictable wind of your spirit, we do not know from whence the wind comes and to where it blows, but we trust that you aim to sweep us off our feet and land us in good places. As you did those early followers huddled in their room, worried about the next day, we praise you that on that first Pentecost, you thought to blow them out of their hiding and into a diverse assembly where all could be one, all could understand, and all could see your goodness. On this Pentecost, we pray for our world. On this tiny blue dot in your universe where all is held together in fragile balance, we pray your spirit will continue to come upon us, that though we may be many, we can still be one, that though we speak different languages, we can still understand, that though it is so easy to see all the badness, we can still see the goodness. And there is such goodness, O oh God. We praise you for the goodness, the goodness of vaccines and epidemiologists and faces appearing from behind masks and people meeting for dinner and children graduating and long walks in the park and grandparents FaceTiming and friends texting and lovers loving and enemies forgiving and new friends joining our church family. Oh, there is so much goodness. Oh, the world isn't always perfect, but oh, the world is so good. And so we repent of our proclivity toward the bad news, for this is not how the story ends. Thank God it is not how the story ends, for your spirit continues to hover over our deep, our void, our formless dreams. Help us to hope and help us to wait for your good spirit to blow us into your good world for the sake of your good son who taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the time of the service when we have that moment of gratitude. The second chapter of Acts tells us that when the day of Pentecost came, the people were all gathered together in one place. We have not had that privilege for the last several months, but the one thing that we have experienced has been the power of the Holy Spirit at work through your lives, the work of your hands, your hearts, and your lives. And we are grateful for all that you have given us and what the church has received, gifts of love and time, money and abilities thank you for that and we are grateful that you encourage you're encouraging to help us as you give 
through the various means that are listed in the back of the bulletin and also on your screen as you can see. Thank you for what has been received. We pray that what you have given will help bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our community and to our world. God, we give our offerings with the hope and confidence that all we do, all we offer, all we say and all we think and all we hope will take root in the areas that you desire and will be the source of expressions of your love, your justice, your character, your mission, your reign. Thank you again for the privilege of giving. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. I'd like to welcome the children to come a little closer now for the children's moment. I miss Sarah, and I am so happy I get to do the children's moment today because today, you may not know it, but today's a very special day. It's a day of celebration, like when we celebrate at Christmas that Jesus was born or Easter that Jesus was resurrected? Well, today is called Pentecost, and Pentecost is the day that we celebrate when God sent the Holy Spirit to the church. So let me tell you how it happened. It happened a long time ago, and it happened about, it happened 50 days after Jesus was resurrected and 10 days after Jesus went to heaven to be with God. And there were a bunch of people in Jerusalem on this day, and they were people from all over the world, all different kinds of people who spoke all different kinds of languages. And the disciples were gathered in a house for this special day, when all of a sudden, there was a very loud sound, like the rush of a violent wind. And then fire appeared among them and rested upon them. 
don't worry, no one got burned. They just could see it. There was fire everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And you can imagine they were really paying attention now. And that's not even the most important thing that happened. Here's the most amazing thing. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking. And not just speaking, but speaking in different languages. Languages they didn't know before then. And all of those people who were in Jerusalem visiting for the celebration, well, they could understand what the disciples were saying. They could understand the apostles. And so God sent the Holy Spirit to the church at Pentecost so that the apostles could be understood. Isn't that amazing? How powerful our God is. How, how incredible. And here's the great news, friends is that the Holy Spirit is with us now. The Holy Spirit is with us every single day. And the Holy Spirit can help us to know how to pray. And she can help us have the strength and the courage to do what's right. She can help us listen to and care for other people. And she can still help us find the right words, how to use the right words, so that people can understand when we talk about God, when we share with them who Jesus is, who he was, what he did, what he's doing still, and why life is so, so much better with Jesus. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for sending your spirit. Thank you for the amazing story of Pentecost and for your church. Help us to tell others about Jesus and to spread your love to one another. Thank you for your love. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. morning. The scripture passage today comes from the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, beginning at the first verse. Hear the word of God. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. 
Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and were bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Eliamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, your word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. With the power of the Holy Spirit, may these words show us the way to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever received a gift you didn't really want? If so, you likely smiled and said thank you, just like your parents taught you. I remember a gift from my senior year in high school. This was my mom's and my last year together before I was to go off to college. My brother, who is four years older, had already been to college. He was the first, in fact, of our family to go to college, and I was set to follow. Well, in December, I found a cream-colored corduroy blazer in a cute little store where we rarely shopped. With a spritz of Love's Baby Soft perfume, I could visualize how cool I was going to be in this blazer. I'm not sure I'd actually worn a blazer before, but I knew that this one had the power to change my life. There were not a lot of gifts at Christmas or on birthdays, but you could always count on one good one. And I had done the hard work for my mom by finding the perfect gift. On Christmas Eve, I strategically opened all the smaller presents, leaving the box with the blazer in it for last. I carefully unwrapped the precious box, barely containing my excitement. As I lifted off the lid and I peered inside, my heart sank. This wasn't my blazer. This was a backpack. A backpack? Seeing the disappointment on my face, my mom gently said, Honey, I know you're going to be needing a good backpack for college. Not the gift I wanted, the gift I needed. Which brings me to the gift of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. In Acts 1, the risen Jesus spoke to the apostles, ordering them to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. Jesus said, John baptized with water, but you, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Well, they don't get to know exactly when, but Jesus told them that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Power. Now that sounds like a good gift. With power, we can stand up for the, those who are oppressed. Heck, we can stand up for ourselves. The movers and the shakers have power. The winners have power. With power, you can have agency and control over our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, come. The Holy Spirit came all right. It came barreling in like a freight train. You know what else sounds like a freight train? A tornado. And a tornado has power but it's unpredictable, ripping through houses like they were built from a deck of cards. The Spirit comes, tearing in with the sounds like the rush of a violent wind, and then she sets your head on fire. Thankfully, it's like the burning bush that doesn't burn up. 
But you have to admit, if you're in a little room and all of your friends have flames shooting out of their heads, this may not be the gift you want. But wait, it gets worse. Suddenly, the apostles were speaking in languages they had no way of knowing. Remember, these Galileans were humble fishermen and tax collectors. They were not educated. They were not bilingual like our friends who read the Apostles' Creed for us today. And this sounds like a great story because thousands of people became Christians that day. But the message for us from God may not be a gift that we want to open. The gift, it seems, is that the grace, mercy, and love of Jesus Christ is for everyone. I know, I know that sounds nice, and it looks easy on paper, but lived out in community, it's hard and messy. I wish we could just stay huddled in this beautiful worship space together and, and sing nice songs and, and pray for the unfortunate and for those who irritate us and for those who think differently than us and smell differently than us and talk differently than us. Henry Nouwen wrote, Community is the place where the person you least want to live with always lives. It's like the kid named Teddy Stollard. He was the kind of kid who never got invited to birthday parties. He slouched in his chair and he looked bored most of the time. He only spoke when called upon. He never dressed right, he had smelly clothes, and he was a rather unattractive little boy. You may have had a Teddy Stollard in your school. Well, whenever his teacher would mark Teddy's papers, she got an unhealthy pleasure out of marking all the wrong answers. She would put an F on the top of his paper with a little flourish. She might have known better because she knew Teddy's history. First grade, Teddy is a good boy and shows promise, but he has a poor home situation. Second grade, Teddy is quiet and withdrawn. His mother is terminally ill. Third grade, Teddy is falling behind. His mother died this year. His father is uninvolved. Fourth grade, Teddy is hopelessly backward. His father has moved away. Teddy's living with an aunt. He is deeply troubled. Well, Christmas came, and all the children brought presents to school. They were all carefully wrapped, except for Teddy's, which was covered in brown paper and marked, For Miss Thompson, from Teddy. The teacher opened each gift, one by one, for the class to admire. When she opened Teddy's, it was a rhinestone bracelet with most of the rhinestones missing, and a bottle of perfume that was mostly gone. The other children started to laugh, but Miss Thompson caught herself. Snapping on the bracelet, she said, isn't this lovely, class, and doesn't this perfume smell good? At the end of the class, Teddy approached her shyly and whispered, I'm glad you liked my gifts, Miss Thompson. All day long, you smelled like my mother, and her bracelet looked nice on you, too. Not the gift Miss Thompson wanted, the gift she needed. I started to wonder if the gift from the Holy Spirit is ultimately the gift of shalom. I so appreciate Rabbi Khan's comments on shalom in the video that we got to see. I read that shalom appears in the Bible 237 times and of course can be translated as peace but as Rabbi Kahn mentioned, it is also translated as well-being, health, and completeness. In Israel, shalom is a greeting and a farewell. When greeted by shalom, it is a form of hopeful blessing that you are filled with God's perfect peace and well-being. I believe the Spirit is always about that kind of business. Pastor and theologian Oshida Moore explains shalom as the breadth, depth, climate, and smell of the kingdom of God. 
She writes, we, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, catch glimpses of shalom and we pull our friends to stand in our line of vision so that they too can see the beauty of the kingdom. Yes, and Pentecost teaches us that shalom is not just for me and my friends who think and look and act like me. Honestly, we often act like a bunch of animals only wanting our type in our club. The herd of cows all speak in the same dialect of moo. The gaggle of geese honk in harmony and the dazzle of zebras bray together. But shalom isn't for the animal kingdom. Shalom is for all humanity. Shalom is connectional. It begins with a recognition that we all are children of God, created in the image and likeness of God. Shalom is relational, wherein my peace cannot be achieved if others are denied what makes them whole. What impacts you impacts me. Shalom is communal. The yearning to attach and connect, to love and be loved, is the strongest longing of the soul. Our need for community with God and with his people is to the human spirit what food and air and water are to the human body. What the Spirit shows us on Pentecost and continues to show us today is something that blows the roof and the doors off of our little church and sets our heads on fire. First, did you notice that the Holy Spirit came when they were all together? Jesus promises to show up whenever two or more of us are gathered in his name. And second, the gift of the Spirit that is given to each of those disciples is meant for those out there. It's just like the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's not for our edification. It's to be given away for the benefit of others. It seems like one mark of the Holy Spirit's gifting is that it empowers us to connect to others. Not the way we usually think of power, is it? I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I really want that gift. Truth be told, I would rather stay in my sweet little tight-knit flock. To connect with others can make me feel uncomfortable and uneasy. And I wonder if you sometimes feel the same way. Perhaps it would help us all to know that our God delights in diversity. To take it even a step further, I believe God is glorified in diversity. I think Eddie Hillisum, who died in Auschwitz when she was just 29 years old, said it best in her diaries. She wrote, I love people so terribly much because in every human being, I love something of you, God. She continued, ultimately, we have just one moral duty, to reclaim large areas of peace in ourselves, more and more peace, and to reflect it towards others. And the more peace there is in us, the more peace there will also be in our troubled world. The story of Pentecost helps us to understand how God sees human diversity as one of God's greatest gifts to the world. At Pentecost, God, through the Spirit, does not erase our differences, but embraces the fact that God has made us all so wonderfully different. Through the gift of the Spirit, we begin to see how to value each other, the way God values each one of us. There's a story about a man who wandered into a small antique shop in San Francisco that was mostly cluttered with knickknacks and junk. On the floor, however, the man noticed what looked like an ancient Chinese vase. On closer inspection, it turned out to be a priceless relic from the Ming Dynasty whose value is beyond calculating. It was worth more than everything else in the whole store put together. The owner clearly had no idea about the value of this possession because he was using it as a food bowl for his cat. The man saw an opportunity for the deal of a lifetime. 
He cleverly strategized a method to obtain the vase for a fraction of its worth, and he said to the owner, that's an extraordinary cat you have there. How much would you sell her for? The owner said, oh, the cat's not really for sale. She just keeps the store free of mice. The man pleaded, I really must have her. Tell you what, I'll give you $100 for her. The owner laughed and said, she's not really worth it, but if you want her that badly, she's yours. The man could barely contain his excitement, but he nonchalantly said, say, I need something to feed her from as well. Um, let me throw in another $10 for that saucer she's eating out of. The owner replied, oh, I could never do that. You see, the saucer is actually an ancient Chinese vase from the Ming Dynasty. It is my prized possession, whose worth is beyond calculation. Funny thing, though, since I've had it, I've sold 17 cats. The ability to assign value is one of the rarest and most precious gifts in the world. People who live deeply in community learn to discern and express the value of other human beings. They are masters of expressing love in word and gesture. They assign high worth, value, and importance to others by viewing them all as priceless gifts. Each person is made in God's image, worth the life of God's Son, God's prized possession, whose value is beyond calculation. Well, you know that backpack my mom gave me? It was the best gift ever. I used it all four years at Montana State University with deep gratitude, and I still had it when my mom watched me receive my college degree. And Teddy Stollard? Well, after he left the classroom that December day, Miss Thompson put her head down on her desk and she cried. She asked God to forgive her. She prayed that God would help her to see what he sees when she looks at a motherless boy. When the children came back to school the next day, Miss Thompson was a new teacher. She tutored the children who needed extra help, Teddy most of all. By the end of the year, he had caught up with most of his classmates, and he was even ahead of some. After that, she didn't hear from him for quite a while, and then one day, she received a note. Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know I am graduating from high school, and I am second in my class. Love, Teddy Stollard. Four years later came another note. Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know that I am graduating first in my class. The university has not been easy, but I like it. Love, Teddy Stollard. Four years later, another note. Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know that as of today, I am Theodore J. Stollard, MD. How about that? I want you to come and sit where my mother would have sat because you're the nearest thing to family that I have ever had. Love, Teddy Stollard. It's risky business to be open to the spirit. It takes our regularly coming together. It takes courage to pray, come Holy Spirit, come. We may not get the gift we want, but we will get the gift we need.
And now with the help of the Holy Spirit, may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen.